It's not a mistake that you're feeling this way. This is a sign. This is a sign that you're on the path to authentic power. Your soul is making it super clear. You're ready to start trusting yourself and guiding your life by that inner wisdom, which has all the answers you need. There is no one uniquely qualified on this earth to know exactly what is good for you, except for you and God or universe. Many people want to navigate life with peace and joy, but struggle to connect to their intuition. They find themselves overwhelmed, burned out, and frustrated. My name is Francesca Phillips, and I'm obsessed with spirituality and psychology and how the two can intersect to help you live a successful and intuitive life. I believe each of us can accomplish amazing things through balance and healthy habits instead of burnout. Consider this your go-to resource for where spiritual wellness and mindful productivity meets practical wisdom. If you're craving positivity and want to know how to find the answers within, instead of searching endlessly without, then you're in the right place. Get ready to feel supported and inspired. This is the Good Space Podcast. You're listening to the Good Space Podcast, episode number 49, three ways to strengthen your connection to yourself. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Melik MF, and they say, Over the last year, I had many ups and downs and lost many friends and became socially distanced, but I met Francesca, who's a real savior, who really helped me, and I can say I healed, and that's because of her. So I recommend you listen to this lovely podcast and wait for the great results, and they can improve your life. Thank you so much, Francesca. Malik MF, I am truly grateful our paths have crossed and that you found so much solace in the good space. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're meant to be in this community and I'm sending you so much love and success. Thank you for being such a wonderful part of the Good Space community. If you want to be highlighted in an upcoming episode and help further the mission of the Good Space, make sure to subscribe and give us a review on Apple Podcasts so I can then highlight your review in an upcoming episode. It only takes a minute. You can pause the episode and come right back. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag us on your Instagram story at findyourgoodspace, hashtag thegoodspace, to let me know that you're joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on our stories too. There's this huge tipping point happening right now, this big craving for each of us to find that inner wisdom and trust within ourselves. I hope that I'm not the only person who feels right now that you're being spoken at by so many influencers, so many thought leaders, so many experts, and you're tired of hearing those voices. I want to learn to hear my own wisdom, my own voice. And I've never felt this pull so strongly like I have these last couple of weeks. I don't know what it is, if it's coming with age or just experience or just the right questions or a combination of everything. It's been tugging on my heart and I've been sitting with it for a couple of weeks. If you're tired of hearing those voices and messages being thrown at you, welcome. This is the episode for you. And so the question that I want to kind of work through is what's the next step? What do we do from here? Right? So you have this desire, this pull to connect to your inner wisdom. And the answer is we self-connect. That is the call. That is the call that you're receiving from yourself of like, hey, it's time to listen. So this is when we strip away the unnecessary, simplify our focus and tune into that inner voice. This self-connection is what I want to talk about in today's episode. I'll talk about what is self-connection, why is it important, which will include different studies that kind of back up the importance of having this kind of connection. And then we're going to talk about why busyness has become this badge of honor. Like, why is it that this is how the world operates? 
And then I'm going to give you three small but also deep tips on how to start down that road to self-connection. So I hope you like it. I think they are the things that I have definitely tuned into and I've seen make a huge difference in my own life. So I hope that it helps you as well. It's not a mistake that you're feeling this way. This is a sign. This is a sign that you're on the path to authentic power. Your soul is making it super clear. You're ready to start trusting yourself and guiding your life by that inner wisdom, which has all the answers you need. There is no one uniquely qualified on this earth to know exactly what is good for you, except for you and God or universe. All right. So what is self-connection? There's a slight difference between awareness and self-awareness. Scott Jeffrey, the founder of CEO Sage says, while awareness is knowing what's happening around you, self-awareness is knowing what you're experiencing. Self-awareness is the ability to know what we are doing as we do it and understand why we are doing it. End quote. In this context of listening too much to outside voices, many times we do it because we don't trust ourselves. The reason I didn't trust myself is because of lack of clarity and action. I didn't know why I was creating the things I was creating. I also didn't have proof of concept where I tested an idea in the market to see what people wanted. And I also didn't trust that I could figure out challenges in my own way. And so it's like this combination that made me therefore go to outside sources. And when we don't have clarity, we can mistake it for not being capable. Whereas it's just if we had gotten clarity, the path would have been clear and we would have done it the way we wanted to do it. So many times out of fear, we give power to social platforms and people thinking there's the path and the way. The world's attached so much importance to visibility and success that many of us fear being seen as invisible or irrelevant if we don't obsess over social media and constant connectivity. I've had many conversations with entrepreneurs and just people in general where they feel like if they're not on social media, that they could never succeed in anything that they wanted to do. So it's interesting, right? How many of us have no problem being 100% connected with social media, email, streaming, but the one connection that has the most power, the inner one, we tend to ignore. And it's not your fault at all. Many of us are in environments that condition and reward us for living this way, which we'll get into later on in the episode, but just know it's not your fault. And the good news is that once you realize where the outside voices are infiltrating your life, you'll start waking up. I started asking harder questions of myself about why I'm on Instagram why I want to release a product. What I started noticing is I was doing a lot of things that drained my energy because I thought I needed to do them. And I was doing things that fought against what my inner wisdom was telling me. Not only am I committing to being off social media for the month of May, oh my gosh, my body's already fighting against it, but I've committed to being off social media for the month of May just to release things, release noise, and just tune within. I also started releasing things that didn't feel aligned So I could practice tuning in more because really it's in stillness that you can practice that. So this act of tuning into that inner wisdom again is what Abraham Maslow describes as authentic selfhood. In Tortoise Psychology of Being, he says, authentic selfhood can be defined in part as being able to hear these impulse voices within oneself. That is to know what one really wants or doesn't want, what one is fit for and what one is not fit for, etc. We know what we want or don't want. We know it. You know it. 
It's a matter of getting into the habit again of listening and being honest enough to embrace and act on the answers we receive. It's a muscle. If we're not in the practice of hearing and honoring our voice, it's just going to take a little time to peel back those layers and strengthen it again. To pack a little more power to this punch, let's get into why self-connection is important with a few studies. Connection beats happiness or even mindfulness in creating meaning. In a study conducted by Christine Klusman, PhD, her and her team asked 66 people to take a test that assessed their level of mindfulness, a measure that tends to correlate with life satisfaction, and then journal every day for one week. Half the group was asked to write about things that had happened that day, and the other half was asked to write about aspects of their day that related to self-connection. One month later, the group who had just journaled about their days still saw no change, but the people who had journaled about self-connection tested significantly higher on mindfulness than before they started the study. Dr. Klusman says that by focusing on cultivating connection rather than happiness, mindfulness, resilience, or any other single concept, we naturally build lives rich with meaning and satisfaction, end quote. So why do we lose this ability to begin with if it's the most powerful in making us feel meaning and satisfaction? James F. Zender, PhD, has an answer for that. One answer, at least. He said that often children who are dealing with overwhelmed and preoccupied parents are faced with a horrible developmental decision. They focus all of their being on the needs of the parent and sacrifice their connection with self, which is necessary to remain in relationship to the parent or remain true to interconnection and sacrifice connection to the parent. So essentially, he's saying that children often feel like they have to focus all of their being on the needs of their parents instead of their own self-connection. So they miss out on that ability to keep that connection strong as they grow. And for 99% of kids in this situation, I bet remaining true to interconnection isn't even an option for them. They often see their very survival attached to their parents. So what a sticky situation to be in, right? We're all just trying our best here, but that's definitely a huge reason why many of us lose that self-connection. And I don't believe this is the only way one can find themselves disconnected, but it's probably one of the biggest. Either way, we learn early in life to trade in self-connection for other ways of being. The good news is that James F. Zender, PhD, also says that the core of self-healing begins with awareness and recognition that there is inner discord that has perhaps sounded from the beginning of one's existence. Simply understanding how how the separation from self may have resulted can bring a sense of relief. Learning to recognize and validate one's own needs is a huge step towards self-healing. Okay, so, so far we got down what self-connection is and why it's important to have. So before we jump into a few ways to strengthen that connection, I want to make a distinction though between getting support and making your own decisions because I don't think this is black and white and I would be doing a disservice to you to not cover other parts of this. Busyness isn't a badge of honor. Busyness isn't the badge of honor the world makes it out to be. It's only because no one knows how to measure productivity outside of factory line work, so they needed another physical representation. Busyness should do the trick. That's probably what they subconsciously were thinking. Like back in the 1800s when people were still planning cities around the need to board horses. Then the car came into the picture and changed everything. Those city planners had no foresight into what would replace the horse and buggy. How could they? They only knew how things had been done until that point. 
So just like in the industrial era where productivity was measured by the amount of gizmos you made each day, we haven't had the equivalent of the car come into the picture and change how we view productivity or work. Our work is knowledge-based now, right? So we see busyness as the new gizmo. Businesses expect employees to be connected 24-7 and to turn over subpar work at faster speed. Cal Newport to me is the car version of productivity. His book, Deep Work, dives into these concepts and proves that great work is about doing less, about having less distractions and noise. Besides, your ability to connect with yourself and produce deep work goes for a higher price in the economy than shallow work. Shallow work meaning posting on social media, answering emails, etc. Essentially, shallow work are tasks that a six-year-old could do or something that's easily replicated and doesn't actually add new value to the world. The one thing that I've learned is that we need to stop hiring out the deep work only we know the answers to. I'm a copywriter and see the difference between the clients who have a clear vision of who they're serving and ones who hope I can figure it out for them. The ones with clarity grow with ease and get the coolest collaborations. One of my clients worked with a huge public figure on a Netflix documentary that's nominated for an Oscar. Then there have been a few clients who think they need a copywriter, but actually they just need time clarifying their vision and then they would be good. There's only been one client where we had to part ways halfway through a project. She came to me with one vision for her business, but as we got to work, she kept changing it multiple times. She also was going to Facebook groups and friends for opinions. So she flip-flopped back and forth daily. And it broke my heart to see her distrust herself so much. She had been running her business for over 10 years and hadn't gotten close to six figures yet. And an industry where you could easily make triple that amount. And it was because she was hiring out the job that she needed to do herself, which was to get that clarity for her vision and what she wanted to do specifically. We have to commit to taking the shaky, uncomfortable steps toward what our voices tell us. There's no way to outsource or delay the process. If you want to have the strong self-connection, you have to do the work. I've had to throw out almost everything from other people's voices over the last couple of years. Now I finally feel like I'm becoming myself again. Like this person who is me has just risen from the ashes and is like, I'm here. It feels exhilarating. But at the same time, I'm like, dang it. Why didn't I figure this out sooner? I mean, granted, I knew a lot of this already. I just didn't like click into it and take it seriously until now. So whatevs, but I'm here now and that's what counts, right? And you're here now and that's what matters and that's what counts. All right. So here's what you can do now to start down the road to self-connection. The first one is develop the observing self. This means becoming more conscious of your thoughts and emotions and separating your sense of self from them. Scott Jeffrey says, the reason we are largely unconscious to our behavior is that our egos act autonomously. We have no one monitoring our thoughts, feelings, actions, and behavior from moment to moment. So without this observing self, it's easy to fall prey to our ever-changing emotions and allow the voices of those outside of us to influence us. To develop this practice of being able to observe the behavior and the thoughts and the emotions, meditation is probably the best way to do it practicing meditation using the Headspace app for beginners or the Chopra app for more intermediate practices, gentle yoga, yoga nidra, reading The Seed of the Soul by Gary Zukoff or The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, journaling. These are all amazing, wonderful ways to practice that 
self-observation. And everything I just said is written in the show notes. So if you wanted to write it down or remember what it was, you can check it out there. Scott Jeffrey also continues to talk about self-leadership. So self-leadership is a little different than observing the self or even just self-awareness, but self-leadership is taking away authority from people, groups, or institutions and placing that authority and responsibility back onto ourselves for our behavior. He says that developmental psychologist Suzanne Cook-Greuter says less than 3% of adults ever reach this point where they take full responsibility and authority for behavior. (laughs) It's not a lot. I know you want to have this sense of self-leadership. Otherwise, you wouldn't be a part of the Good Space community. This idea of taking full responsibility for your thoughts and actions puts you in that 3% and it starts with observing the self. Connecting within and having the emotional experience to understand what you're experiencing on a physical and emotional level, then using that information to continue evolving higher and higher. This literally is the key. I can just tell you from personal experience, from studies, from books, from everything that I've like taken in over the years, over the many years, that this is the key. Develop the observing self and you will already be like miles and miles ahead of most of the population. I could go on and on about this. It's amazing. The second tip that I would give you is notice and name your feelings. Christine Klussman, PhD says, self-connection is a state of being, one in which you regularly tune into your own emotional, spiritual, and physical needs and honor them in your daily actions, end quote. This is like a four-step process, tuning into your emotional, spiritual, and physical needs, three important parts of the whole, right? Then honoring those needs through your daily actions. So that pairing of awareness and action is also magic and the key to having that self-connection. So how can you start tuning in more? For me, it's a morning routine. This is the number one thing I tell anybody who asks me what they can do to start feeling better and feeling more peace in their life. Morning routine is incredible. It really is a great way to start your day aligned. So this is a great way to touch mainly on the emotional and spiritual needs that you have. So my morning routine personality type is emotional practical, which means I like a routine that's the same every day. So it's prayer, meditation, daily pages, then creative work. Some mornings when my body feels a little achy, I'll do gentle yoga. Otherwise, I have workouts scheduled throughout the week to support the physical aspect. A morning routine is the easiest way to start. If you haven't downloaded my free morning routine guide, do it now. The link is in the show notes. It's so extensive. It walks you step-by-step how to make your own. It gives you links and resources and tells you how to figure out what your personality type is and then what my routine is. So it's really, really awesome. So this is another thought that's come into my mind and I've had a few friends talk with me about over the years is when it comes to tuning in, how do you tell the difference between a fear-based answer from the ego and the voice of the higher self? This is such a great question. It gives me like chills. This was something I struggled with for so many years in my early 20s. I would pray then instantly feel fear because what if God tells me to do something I don't want to do? Or I would already know the answer then doubt myself because how can it be that easy? I'm a totally different person now. I've changed so many beliefs that are behind those kinds of questions. I know how to hear my inner wisdom and catch the ego. I know that every answer is already within. That if I don't get an immediate answer, it means I'm not ready for it or things are happening in the world to conspire for me to receive it. 
But these kinds of doubts are very natural and normal if you're in the beginning stages of figuring out how to hear yourself. So do not feel discouraged. Don't feel like you're doing something wrong if you are scared of the answer you might receive or you doubt yourself in the answer that you do get. This is all completely normal and you can absolutely work through this and learn to trust yourself more. But there's someone who explains knowing the difference between the fear-based ego and the higher self so well. So I want to quote her because it's just said so perfectly. Arena Yuge on a Mind Valley article says, if you feel physical sensations of anxiety, tension, fear, or anger, you are talking to the ego. The ego creates its identity around pain. That's what it knows. That's what it's comfortable with. And that's the language it understands. It wants to keep identifying with that negativity because then it has an identity. If you feel physical sensations of lightness, love, energy, happiness, etc., you are talking to the higher self. There is no identity in the higher self. It's just energy with no beginning and no end. The natural state of the higher self is free, loving, and joyful. One method is to ask yes or no questions and then listen for the immediate answer, sometimes even before you finish the question. This immediate response is probably your higher self, bypassing the programming of the mind. If you were to give yourself time to analyze your question, believe me, the ego would start chiming in with its usual negative chatter. End quote. This was so powerful. Usually the answer you get before you even finish the question, before you start analyzing, that's probably your higher self, especially if you feel that free, open, loving, joyful energy. Anything that feels negative or lower energy or doubtful, that's definitely the ego. So that's a pretty good start. Start practicing this though by noticing and naming your feelings because that can be helpful, right? If you start noticing, oh, I'm angry or oh, I'm happy or "Mm, I'm sad. Those are things that you recognize and are experiencing and you can feel it, right? So the more you can practice naming and feeling things, the better able you can practice naming and feeling what your higher self is telling you. So you can start small again by noticing the emotion itself, like how you say, oh, I'm feeling anger in the body. It's in my heart, in my stomach, knowing where the place that it's happening. Then observe it and let it build and peak so you can release it. Because when we don't give ourselves time to experience emotions, that's when they get trapped. So recently I was really upset and normally I would just like stuff it in and try to like go on the internet or like talk to a friend or do something that like distracted me from it. But now this is what I learned from my coach is I say, oh, this is, oh yeah, this is anger. And then in my head, I just imagine myself screaming or like, you know, tensing. I let my body tense up and I just like feel the anger for like 30 seconds to a minute. And then I say, okay, I see you anger and I'm ready to just release you. And I just let it go. But I gave it the attention that it wanted so that it didn't get trapped in my body. And as you get better at noticing and naming, you can start again, doing that on the spiritual level. So when you pray, notice the energy behind it. Notice the energy behind the answers. Start observing if it's the ego or the higher self. Then ask yourself the right questions to gravitate more towards the higher self. These practices won't take long to become automatic. So commit to it for at least two weeks and see how you feel. So the third tip is feel good. For those times you're feeling doubt, Your go-to move needs to be focusing on what feels good. When you feel good, there's no resistance. And then God universe can continue sending abundance your way. If you're feeling irritable because work feels like an endless slog, 
what next inspired action can you take in this moment? What one thing would make you feel good again? It may be taking a quick nap, a walk, or working on another aspect of the project that's more enjoyable. Or if you're watching a YouTube video from a thought leader and feel resistance, shut it off. Ask yourself what you'd rather do instead. Getting still is the first step in starting to trust yourself more. And creating enough moments to hear yourself is so important. Another way I like to feel good is asking myself what narrative I'm telling myself, especially when I feel sad or discouraged. It usually means that I'm saying things to myself that aren't really helpful and are bringing my energy down. On Mind Valley, Cheyenne Diaz says, using the words I am sends a powerful message to the brain. Whenever we recruit the use of these words, we're affirming something fundamental about ourselves. An I am statement is a statement of identity. To say I am tired or I am depressed doesn't indicate a passing temporary state at least not to our minds. Our minds interpret such statements as a validation of self, an integral component of our identity. And this is problematic. When we experience a passing mood, thought, or emotion as an I am statement, whether aloud or in self-talk, our minds interpret this as a proclamation of self. End quote. So think about ways that you can feel good and then think about what statements are you making to yourself? If anything I shared today resonated with you or inspired you to make a change, please comment on the show notes so we can learn from you too. Even if it inspired you to think of another thought that you think would be useful, I would love to hear your thoughts. So click the show notes. You'll see at the bottom, there's a way to add a comment and I would love to hear from you. Now it's time for an affirmation. I expand into greater abundance as I listen to my inner wisdom in each moment and release what brings resistance. If you found today's tips inspiring or thought-provoking, share it right now on social media and make sure to tag me at Francesca A. Phillips or at Find Your Good Space and also weigh in in the comment section at findyourgoodspace.com. You can find links in the show notes. And if you have a spiritual or mindfulness problem that you want me to unpack on an upcoming The Good Space episode or an awesome manifesting story you want to share, give my podcast phone line a ring right now at 917-719-0867. Also, don't forget to download my free morning routine guide. It's what helps me reduce my anxiety, increase productivity, and so much more. The link to everything I mentioned is in the show notes. See you soon.